Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Hapasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for giving us the Holy Spirit, the teacher, who will give the light of the Word, who will help us to understand and practice what you say in the Bible. Oh Lord, we want to build this church on the rock, your Word. We want to be the house that will not be shaken by winds and storms of life. We want to be strong. And we pray, Father, that the word that you will speak through my mouth today will not go in vain, but will produce fruit, will produce outcome that will last for eternity. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' mighty name, the name that is above our name, and we love Jesus so much. In your name we pray. Amen. We have been talking about fruitfulness, and I would like to keep talking about this for a while until we really get it. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing of the Word of God. So sometimes you may hear something repetitively, because I know that you hear one time, you may not get it. But if you hear again and again and again, eventually it will drop into your heart, and you begin to practice, and you will see the fruit, You begin to see the manifestation of the truth of God in your life and your faith will rise up even more. That's how I live. I just get the word of God in more and more and I grow and I practice and I see the result and I say, wow, God, you are so real to me. I'm going to read from John chapter 15 again, verses 1 to 8. This is the main passage for this series of teaching fruitfulness. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you. You can see relationship. And you need the word of God. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. When you read this scripture, you can see the heart of God. Actually, I did not write John 15. Jesus inspired his disciples to write this scripture. This is the word from the mouth of our master, Jesus himself. He tried to tell us that it's so important that we as Christians bear fruit. Bearing fruit does not mean that we can make more money. Bearing fruit, it does not mean that we have a 
heavy high job title position in our company bearing fruit it doesn't mean that we have a better home a nicer car but this is about spiritual fruit we talking about the fruit that will remain for eternity because the house one day going to be torn down and build another house our job position will be gone one day but we are talking about the fruit of souls jesus said the harvest is plentiful the field is ripe and the harvest is plentiful and go and harvest the soul so god talk about bringing souls into the kingdom of god we want to bring more and more people into heaven together with us jesus said go and make disciple jesus said go and preach the gospel throughout the world and signs and wonder will happen and thank god we have this calling and privilege to produce fruit to bring people to the lord jesus christ and this should be in our heart that we all want to be fruitful for god we want to see more people saved we want to see more disciple make in our life we should not just live day by day and wait to go to heaven one day i'm saved already i'm fine no god want us to produce fruit i remember when i first became a christian right away the first week i went back home and told my younger sister her name is ora i told her that i became a christian and you need to know jesus and i did not know how to preach to her so i took her to watch movie jesus produced by campus crusade that night she accepted christ and now she's still serving god in the local church in thailand and then i witnessed to my mom my dad my brother i witnessed to my patients to the nurses in the hospital i began to produce fruit right away after i became a christian because i don't want to keep the good news with myself i'm so excited to know my father and i'm so excited that i have a new life right now so i kept telling people about jesus christ amen we need to produce fruit god is fruit minded verse 16 the bible say you did not choose me but i chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit that your fruit should remain this is not a temporary fruit but it's eternal fruit that whatever you ask the father in my name he may give you it sound like a blank check whatever you ask the father in my name i learned a lesson from this passage that if you want your prayer to get answered easily you need to live a life that want to be fruitful for god not selfish life me 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 my 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 i i i if you live like that you pray god will not answer you but if you live a life that pour out to the gospel to the great commission you want to see people saved and whatever you ask he will answer you he will help you because he know that whatever he give to you you will not abuse it you're going to use it to be fruitful for god he knows your heart that you are right on with god how many people want god to answer your prayer if you want to pray for a new job a promotion God will give you you know why because he know that if he give you more money you're going to use that money to produce fruit not to be selfish or covetous for yourself God look at your heart amen God did not choose us or ordain us just to sit around being safe hang on to the pole one day when Jesus come back 
Then I will go bye bye and fly in the sky, rapture into the sky and go to heaven. Right now, my life is miserable. Right now, I just live on earth here day by day. Maybe I when I feel like it, I will go to church. Maybe when I feel like oh the weather is nice, I would show up in the care group. I can live day by day, and I don't care what's going on. No, God say I chose you, I ordained you to. Bear fruit. Every Christian should bear fruit. Should be involved in saving souls. Should be involved in making disciples. Should be involved in the mission effort. Should be involved in helping people to come to know Jesus. You may do it in different way. For example, one brother and one sister here helped me to translate the teaching into Japanese and into Mandarin, and then we send the teaching. To those nations, so that we can see more people saved. That is producing fruit. Amen. Or some of you may say, "I come and help the parking in the church, so that more people can come and fill the house of God, and more people can be saved." We need to get involved in producing fruit, and He expects something of all of us. Everyone say, "God expects something of me." He expects us to produce something, and as we connect to Jesus, His power, His love, His divine nature, His life will flow in us through the Holy Spirit. And as His life flow in us, we become like a branch that begin to produce fruit every single day. And as years go by, we produce more fruit. As we get older, we produce more fruit. Because the life of Jesus is flowing on the inside of us, every Christian should get this biblical concept. Every Christian should not sit around doing nothing. Some people will say, "I am safe already. I'm doing okay. What do you want more from me? I am okay now. I'm safe. I'm happy now." But actually, God say, "I expect you to produce fruit. I expect you to begin to work." Begin to do something with the things that I give to you—the time, the resources, the energy, the money, everything that God gives to us. We need to produce fruit. Let me ask you this question: Is it fair for God to expect something of us? I believe it's fair. You know why? Because He makes such a big investment into our life. God has put a lot into each of us. Number one. He sacrificed his own son. His son died for us. Wow, that is a big investment. Somebody gave his son to die for us. Two, after we become a Christian, he invested the Holy Spirit into our life. He gave us the word. He gave us the faith. He gave us the anointing, the grace, the protection, the provision. All the good things come to us through the cross. Into our life, He gave us so much, so much that we should not say, "God, I'm sorry, I'm gonna bury all these things into the ground and I don't do anything with them." We should say, "Thank God, He gave me anointing, grace, love, protection, job, provision, everything that I need. God gave me. So from now on, I'm gonna rise up and be fruitful. 
I would say the same thing like Jesus say. My food is to do the will of my Father. I would say the same thing Jesus say that I'm gonna go about the business of my Father. I'm gonna live this life. One life I have in this world is to be producing fruit for the Lord Jesus. Amen. God chose us and ordained us to produce fruit, and if we, you already produce some, it's good. Produce more. Be fruitful. More and more fruitful this year. When I went back to Thailand this time, and I saw multitudes of people came to the service without even newspaper or any announcement in the TV, and I was so glad that our church become more fruitful. We see more churches planted in Thailand now. We see more people say people come to me and say, "You know how much your church blesses with the teaching." And I was saved. I was set free from a lot of things because just listening to the CD teaching from your church. When I heard that, I oh, bless my heart that we are more fruitful than five years ago. More souls come in. More people get saved. I just called a pastor in Thailand this morning, and the the pastor said that. This Sunday, which is yesterday for them, the Sunday happened in Thailand yesterday. The pastor told me that many relative of members show up in the church, and all of them get saved. And it's so exciting to see more souls saved in Thailand. Amen. We are more fruitful because we pursue. We want to be fruitful. And if you want to be fruitful, you're gonna start to talk to God. Lord, show me what can I do. Lord, give me more anointing. Lord, change me. Lord, do something in my life so that I can be fruitful. I pray all the time that God will give me more anointing, more grace, more power, so I can see more souls saved, so I can see more people set free from sickness and disease and from poverty. I want to see more souls come into the kingdom of God. Amen. God set up when and where people would be born. God also determine the boundaries and times of everything. God give our church boundaries, who we can influence, and God give us times and resources. Sometime I was thinking it would be nice that I was born in the time that Jesus was walking on earth two thousand years ago. But now I change my mind. I think it's good that we were born in this generation, because at the time of Peter and Paul, they could not preach to the internet. But now we have website, we have MP3, we can record the teaching. Yesterday I preached through the Skype to Japan, and while we are preaching, we record the teaching at the same time, and so we can edit, and that teaching can go on the website and go all over Japan and all over the world. I can fly to Japan in 10 hours, and then to Thailand in another five hours. In the time of Paul, they have to get into the boat, and it may take three months to go from America to Thailand. But now we can fly only 17, 18 hours, and we can preach the gospel the next day in Thailand. Is it amazing? We have car, we have motorcycle, we have a lot of stuff, the resources and technologies to preach the gospel. People can be set free. The reason the church started in Chiang Rai or up north of Thailand. This is even further north, close to Laos, because a family get a hold of our CD. While they were listening to the CD, the fire of God fell. Demon come out of them. They get touched, and now they become on fire. We're gonna start the church now with the fire of God. So the church start by the technology, the MP3. Pastor Lao did not have to go to Chiang Rai. Just send the teaching there, and now I can send all the lesson to Dropbox. 
They can get all the lesson. We give all the lesson to all these pastors and, and leaders. Thank God for the technology. We were born in such a time as this that we can be more fruitful than the time of David, Joseph, and at the time of Paul and Peter. Amen. Do you know that the barren and fruitless life is an unhappy life? Very unhappy. Some people say, "I want to make a lot of money so that I can retire at 40 years old, and I will sit down doing nothing." You know, people who think that way gonna be miserable one day. We were not created to sit down doing nothing. We were created to take care of God's property. We were created to make this world better every time we wake up. Everyone say the world is better. Every day you wake up, you make the world better. If you sit down at home watching TV all day long, you don't do anything to make, produce fruit. You're gonna be a miserable person, and eventually you're gonna bite everyone around you. Eventually you're gonna be fed up with your own self and get bored. We were created to have a sense of value. We were created to have the sense of accomplishment. And God tells us that the best accomplishment is to build the kingdom of God and to see souls saved and make disciple and build the church. So I never think about retirement. Lately, I talk a lot in the hospital with the nurses and my assistant, physician assistant. We talk all the time. When should I retire from my medical work? I think about this every single day now because there are so more work to be done for the kingdom. They all know that if Pastor Lau stop operating on somebody's brain, eventually retire from my medical work, and we're gonna be busy in this church because I keep running, I'm gonna keep producing, I'm gonna keep. I would never think about retirement. Amen. If at 120 years old I can still fly, I will fly. I will still preach up here at 120 years old. I'm not going to stop preaching and stop doing the work of God. There is no retirement for me and Pastor Da. Is that correct? Okay. I'm speaking for her. <laughs> We're going to keep serving God. We're going to keep going. Amen. We are the living branches, and we're going to produce good things. Amen. We remain with the vine. Second Peter chapter one verses two to eight. The Bible says, "Grace and peace." Be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through this you may be partakers of the divine nature. It sounds like the vine and the branch. And the divine nature pass into the branch. We we receive the divine nature through abiding with Jesus or connection with Jesus. And the Bible says we receive the grace. You know the grace mean the grace doesn't mean a ticket to sin and we go to heaven anyway. A lot of churches say that oh God is gracious. We can sin whatever we want and then we can go to heaven. We will never lose our salvation. No, the word grace means supernatural power by the Holy Spirit to be able to be and to do what God wants us to be and to do. It's not a ticket to sin, but it's a power not to sin 
and to be able to do and accomplish the calling of God in our life. I can do that in Thailand, standing in front of 1,000 people, not because I'm a great guy, but because of the grace of God upon my life. That I can preach in front of 1,000 people and I can lay hand on 1,200 people head with somebody come up three times and I walk out of the room still healthy and strong and no tiredness at all in this trip. Why? Not because I'm a great guy, but because the grace of God, because of the peace of God in my heart, that I can still smile on the last laying on of hand and still smile and laugh in the Holy Ghost. God gives us that grace to be fruitful. God gives us the divine nature so that we can produce more fruit. And we can do that only if we have the knowledge of God. When we talk about knowledge of God, I'm not talking about theological knowledge that you go to the Bible school class or Sunday school class. We're talking about experiential knowledge. I know God personally. I know who He is. I experience. It's different if I just look at picture of Pastor Da and say, oh yeah, I know about this lady. But it's different if I marry her and live with her every day. I really experientially know her. I pray that our members will have experience with God and really know God, that no one can stop you from following God anymore. Amen. That's why I love the file of God. I love to lay hand. You know why? When people get touched by God, they have encountered God, then have experience that God is real. Amen. And they can serve God better. So divine nature, everyone say, I am a partaker of the divine nature. Having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith, virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things, if these seven things are yours and about you, we start by having faith. And then God wants to add seven things into our life. If we have these seven things, also faith. You or we will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. My dear brother and sister, God wants us to be fruitful. He doesn't want us to think that we are just a weak, poor human being. God wants us to know that we are strong and we can be fruitful for the kingdom of God. Amen? And the divine nature is inside us. God's nature, God who created the heavens and the earth is inside us. We connect to Him. God just said and the sun came into the existence living on the inside of us and He gave life to us. We can be fruitful. The divine nature is inside us. Definitely, all these things happen and start by having faith. Everyone say faith. Precious faith. Verse 1 say, Simon Peter, a bond servant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God. We need to start with having faith in Jesus. And add to faith, virtue. Add to faith, knowledge. Add to faith, patience or perseverance. Add to faith, self-control, godliness, brotherly love. We add on to our faith. We need to start from faith. And if we can do these things, the Bible says in verses 9 to 10. If you read the scripture carefully, this is serious. God really wants us 
to take this seriously. Listen carefully. For he who lacks these things, he who lacks these seven things, is short-sighted. They are short-sighted. They don't see, even to blindness, and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. If you can have faith. With seven things, you will never fall, but you shall be fruitful. I don't know about you. I'm the kind of Christian that takes serious of every single word in the Bible. Amen. Maybe because I was trained to be a neurosurgeon, and when I was trained, I remember my boss, my professor, told me that you take serious of every single step: how to shave the hair, how to cut the skin, how to put the clamp on the skin, how to make the hole into the skull. Every single step that you make in neurosurgery in opening somebody's skull is so vital and important because if you make it sloppily and you make mistake, a patient can die. A patient can be paralyzed. He may be in a nursing home. So I take every single step important in neurosurgery: how to cut the skin, how to even make a mark on the head, where to cut. I have to think carefully. I have to think carefully every single step. If I put the drill into the skull and I push it too strong, it will get into the brain and destroy that brain. I have to stop at the right timing. So every single step, and I apply that to my Christian walk. I take serious of every single word in the Bible. I take serious of practicing what He say because I know. I mean, if in the medical field, neurosurgery, you do everything right, the patient come out well. You get. Good outcome from surgery, but if you sloppy, you do things uncarefully. What happened? The patient died. The same thing with your spiritual life. If you take serious of everything God say, and do every single step He say, ha ha, you're gonna be fruitful. You're gonna be strong. You will not have a sad face. Well, life is one of the reason people don't want to come to know Jesus because they look at Christian and Christian look look sad. Look, worry, depressed, poor, sick. Life is miserable. God doesn't help me. And how come people come to know God? The Bible says you shine the light. You shine the light to people, so people can come to know the Father. How can you shine the light? You need to practice what the Bible say. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And everywhere you go, people look at you. Who? They are different. What's going on with you? You say, Oh, I know Jesus. Come to church with me. You need to shine the light. Practice what the Bible say. Amen. And you will not be stumble. You will not be barren or unfruitful. Amen. Do you love Jesus enough that you want to shine His light to people? I love Jesus. I want people to come to know the Lord. Let's come around these seven things. I review a little bit. The first one: excellence. What is excellence? Everyone say excellence. A virtue. Virtue in the Greek language means excellence. It means superior. It means surpassing. You cannot be fruitful if you have the opposite thing to excellence. What is the opposite to excellence? Slackness, sloppiness, doing things with very little effort. Oh, it's good enough. Oh, whatever, whatever. If you have that attitude, you cannot be fruitful. God wants us to have the excellent spirit, and the excellent spirit say, "I would do the." Best I can, I know how, and I believe God will jack it up, push it up to be even better. What I can do as a human being, 
we have limitation we do the best we know how when i produce cd to send to thailand i did the best i can i edit every word i say i make the voice very clear i spend hours and hours at home to edit all this teaching and i send to thailand i do the best and i say god you do the rest By faith, you're gonna meet me and meet people where they listen to my CD there, and you're gonna perform miracle when they listen to the CD. I do my part the best I can, and you do the rest for me. I trust you. I have faith in you, and I will be fruitful. Everyone say, do the best. People who have this kind of attitude. Oh, what is the minimum that is required for me to do in my office? What is the minimum that is required for me to do in my ministry? I'm gonna do the least I can. I'm gonna get the cheapest thing. I will do just to get by. If they expect me to go to care group, yes, I go to care group and show up and sit there and then do nothing. You should not have that attitude. You should say, "What I can do more for God? What I can do the best for God?" If you watch, you observe all the life of people that God used mightily in the Bible. Everyone, Joseph. David, Paul, Peter, Timothy, and even Jesus Himself—the best is Jesus. If you notice their life, they are having the spirit of excellence and the spirit of generosity. They never say that this thing is too expensive for God. They are the people who will do whatever it takes to make the kingdom grow. They are willing to be up all night, spending everything they have. They're willing to pour out their life, do the best for the kingdom of God, and they believe God to the, do the rest for them. They do the best as a human, and then God meet them by faith to even get more for the outcome that God called them to do. Everyone say excellence. No slack. No sloppiness. Do the best for God. Amen. The second one, knowledge. What is knowledge? Knowledge means Getting hungry, pursuing the knowledge of God. I'm not talking about the head knowledge only. There are two styles of Christianity. We call Hebrew style. I'm Hebrew style, and the Greek style. The Greek style of Christianity is, oh, I want to know a lot to decorate my brain. I want to know how long Noah boat is, all the names in the Bible, all all the detailed things in the Bible, so that I can argue with people how much I know. That is Greek style. I don't want to be Greek style. I want to be Hebrew. What does Hebrew style mean? Hebrew means I know this much. I will do it, and I experience my knowledge. God add more. I know. I do it and experience my knowledge. I do what I know every single day, every single step. I'm gonna do what I learn. That is Hebrew style. Pull up your sleeve and do it. Amen. You don't just have a lot of head knowledge and sit around at home and do nothing. You get out and do it. If you have the attitude like this, I know, I know. I listen to this kind of teaching 100 times. I don't need it anymore. I'm fine. It's okay. I'm fine. I know all this thing. If you have that kind of attitude, you will not be fruitful. You need to have the attitude like God. You wake up in the morning and say, "Thank you for teaching me yesterday. Today, teach me more things. Give me more knowledge and understanding." Actually, I just have a personal experience last Friday and yesterday. I need to do Skype to Japan, and I decided to teach the same lesson in the care group 
to Japan. The Kaku Blessing and Japan preaching is the same sermon. And I tell you, that sermon that I was preaching in the care group and to Japan was the first few teaching that I did when I started the church 20 years ago. It's a very basic first line lesson of this church. 20 years ago, I preached that one. It's a very basic lesson, but it's amazing when I picked up the paper and began to teach the Holy Spirit, teach me at the same time, and I got out even more than 20 years ago. The same message that I already preached. God can show me more, deeper knowledge and understanding why I was preaching. God began to talk to me, show me, show me a lot of things in the same scripture, the same message. So what I learned from God, don't look down on the old message. Don't look down on any sermon that you listen 500 times. Every time you listen, God can give you more deeper understanding. Your heart needs to be hungry. You need to come to the point that I never know enough. You need to come to the point that, God, what I know now is a, a drop of water in a big bucket. And that bucket is compared to all the knowledge you want me to have. I just have only a drop of water in that big bucket. I am hungry. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6 say, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Matthew 7 verse 7 say, Ask, it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Are you having the seeking heart, getting to know more? Do you have a hungry heart to know more of God and experience what He teach? Everyone say no. Do it. Experience it. Amen. So I want to encourage you to have that attitude, to get to know more. The more you know, the better you are. How many people notice that this year you are better than five years ago? I'm one of them. I raise my hand. And I tell you the truth, the reason we are better than five years ago is we know more today than five years ago. Every time you know more and experience more, God lifts you up to the higher level and you're better off than five years ago. Do you, how many people want to improve your life, get better every year? You need to know more. You need to learn. You need to study. You need to get the knowledge of God into your heart, into your mind, and take serious about the knowledge of God. Amen? Number three, self-control. Means that, it means that you learn how to control your spirit, control your fleshly appetite and freshly desire. If you don't control your flesh, you will not be fruitful. Amen? I just met a pastor in Thailand who used to have more than 100 members. And then the church shrink to 30 members. And I find out from his wife and from other members, he was very discouraged right now. I try to encourage him. I find out that the man was very short temper. He never controlled his temper. So he get mad on the pulpit. He would preach to blame and attack the members all the time because he never controlled his flesh. And what happened? Members left. No one gets saved in that church. He lacks self-control. That's why he is not fruitful. Amen? We need to be self-controlled. Don't let the flesh rise up to do unholy thing. Amen? Everyone say self-control. Number four, perseverance or patience. Why we need to be patient? Because if we are not patient, we will quit when we don't see the result right away. 
Sometimes God allow us to go through a period of time. I'm gonna come and teach you about different kind of tests that God want us to go through. And one test called time test. For example, Abraham. God told him to have a son, and he waited for 25 years to have Isaac. If Abraham quit, what happened? He would not have Isaac. Sometimes God allows us to go through the test, and if we quit beforehand, we will not see the harvest of the fruit. We need to hang on, keep doing what God called us to do, week after week, month after month, year after year. Don't quit if we know exactly that is what God wants us to do. Keep doing it. No matter the storm come, anything come against you, and you know, and you know, this is what God called me to do. You hang on. Keep doing it. Be patient. Persevere until you see the result. Amen? Everyone say patience. Perseverance. Now, after reviewing for half an hour, we come to the godliness. Everyone say godliness. The fifth things we need to have in order to be fruitful is godliness. Godliness means being like God. The most fruitful person in the whole universe is God. And the most fruitful person in the whole human history is the Lord Jesus himself. So if you want to be fruitful, you need to be like him, like God. What is the opposite to godliness? Being ungodly, being unlike God. It means void of God, without God, resulting in being unlike God. Satan lied to Christians for many centuries. His lie says, God is way up high there. He's so holy and awesome and pure and wonderful. What we Christians are will down low here. Dirty, defiled, weak, poor, hopeless, failing, lowly, and we cannot do anything. We just get safe and hang on until one day Jesus come back in the sky. And that day we get out of here. But while we are waiting for Jesus to come back, we just a lowly failing people. We are weak sinners. They cannot do anything for God. That is a big lie from the enemy. If you believe in his lie, you never plan to become like God. You never plan to grow and become fruitful for God. In fact, if you read the Bible carefully, God say, I call you to become like me. You were created in my likeness. You were created in my image. You can become like me. And God never lies. If he say you can become like me, it means you can. Even though you are not yet, but you're on the way to become like him. Amen? How many people believe that the Bible never lies? Everyone say, I can become like God. I'm not saying that you are God, but you can become like him. I, we can become like Jesus because the divine nature of God is inside us. Amen? This truth is one of the biggest annoying and tormenting thing to the devil. He could not sleep when I preached this. He's upset that I tell the church that you can become like God. And you can become fruitful like God. You all can become like God. And you don't believe that. You need to know what you are. You need to know who you are. And who is in the inside of you, if you know what you are, who you are, you're going to stop letting the devil 
have a good time in your life. When the devil try to come, you stand up and say, "Devil, I think you choose the wrong one. I know who I am. I know what I am, and I know who is in me. Get out of here. You have no right to be here. I'm not going to listen to you. I'm fruitful. I'm going to be productive for God. You're going to talk like Jesus. You're going to act like Jesus." When the wind come, Jesus did not cry and oh, the wind come again. He pointed the wind and said, "Stop right now." He know the Father. He know who He is. He know who is in Him. That's how He act. We're gonna talk like Jesus. We're gonna act like Jesus. This is amazing. And fruit will be produced when we act like Jesus. Amen. But Satan work overtime to lie, to deceive, to condemn, to belittle. And to put down on God's people, so that we all look like just a failing people, and we never get up to the level of God. God wants us to learn today that godliness of being like God is happening in our life, and we can do it. Amen. You need to understand what the Bible say. You are washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. You are the righteousness of God by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are not sinners anymore. You are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. You are the victor, not the victim. You are the ambassador of Christ on earth here. You are His representative. You are anointed by the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead and anointed Him to do the work of God. Amen. You are the sons and the daughters of God, the King of all kings. You are not a beggar; you are a son and daughter of the Lord. That is who you are. You are righteous by the righteousness of God. Amen. You need to know your position, and you are righteous legally because what Jesus did for you. He paid the price for you. Let me read a few scripture before I close the sermon and continue next Sunday. First John chapter three verse one say, "Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know Him." Wow! If you understand this, I tell you, gonna change your life completely. This is the way I live. I believe that I am a child of God, and the Father in heaven, who is my Father, God, who is my Father, loved me so much. He has given me so much grace and love. The world doesn't know Jesus. When Jesus came, and if the world knew him, all the king would stop doing what they're doing, and they will roll out the red carpet. To um, welcome Jesus, but the world crucified him, killed him, persecuted him. That's why the world doesn't know us either. That we are the children of God because they don't know Jesus. They don't know us. But the truth is, we are the children of God. You know, sometimes people come to me and say, "I'm hurt. That person hurt me." The Holy Spirit would speak to me right away. They will not be hurt if they know that they are the children of God. In other words, what other people do will not affect them anymore. I come to the point of my life that I am so convinced that I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God, not the son, a son of God. And it doesn't matter what other people do. I'm still convinced that I'm loved. I'm important. I'm precious. 
God loves me. God is on my side. I still can smile. I'm happy. I don't have to worry about other people's opinion. I don't have to worry about other people treat me because my security, the love, the strength in me come from God, not come from human being anymore. And then you can be fruitful because you can stand and continue to do what God called you to do. The devil will try everything to stop you from doing his work. Amen. Verse 2, the Bible says, and I will close and continue next Sunday. Behold, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, when Jesus comes back, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Let me ask this question. When do we become a child of God? Tomorrow? Next year? Are we trying to become a child of God? Are we working on becoming a child of God? We are a child of God now. Everyone say now. now. Once you put your faith in Jesus, you change your title from being a child of the devil to become a child of God. And we're going to continue next session. The child of God is going to become like the Father, like your God. Amen. Godliness, we start to understand first and believe first, I am a child of God. I know what I am. I know who I am. And I know who my Father is. And I'm going to become like Him. Amen. I noticed that my three children have a lot of things like me and Pastor Da. My daughter liked to turn off the light in the house. After she got married, she turned off the light in the house all the time because she saw her dad turn off the light in different rooms to save money instead of paying the electric bill. I turned off the light. This morning, when Paul was in my car, Pastor Da handed something to eat. And in my heart, I think this way. I have no time to eat right now. I need to review my sermon one more time, read one more time. I don't care about my stomach. I don't want any sweet right now. You know what Paul say? Paul say, you know, I don't need sweet right now. He say exactly what I say in my heart. And I was thinking, yeah, he's like his dad. We're going to be like our dad in heaven. We are the children of God. We're going to become godly. Everyone say godly. Godliness. And we're going to be fruitful. Everyone point to yourself. I am a child of God. My God is Jehovah. The creator of the whole universe. The holy God. And I can be like him. And I shall be fruitful. Amen. We can continue next Sunday. Godliness. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. How many people believe now that you can become like God? How many people believe that you are a child of God? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we are not just Thai. We are not just Mexican. We are not just American or Japanese or Chinese or Hong Kongese. (laughs) We are not just Vietnamese. But we are a child of God. And we can become like you, Lord. Yes, Lord. Through Christ Jesus. Lord, we can be godly and we can be fruitful. We believe, Father, that the divine nature is inside us. And we will continue to flow and work in our life. We thank you, Father, for this message. We want to be fruitful, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah.
How many people who are not sure that you are a child of God through Christ Jesus, believing in Jesus, say that I want to become a child of God? Raise your hand up. If you're not sure and you say I want to be a child of God, raise your hand up. You want to be a child of God? Pray with me right now. Pray with me. Pray out loud, Father in heaven. I declare, Jesus is my Savior and my Lord. I want to be a child of God through Christ Jesus. I put my faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of the Living God, who died for me. Oh Lord Jesus, come into my life right now. You are the vine. I am the branch. I want your divine nature to flow in me. Come in me right now. In your name. From today on, I change my position. I am a child of God. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. To them all gathered in your name. 